gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. We are mere hours away from ROH final, final battle. But David, you know what other battle's already over? It's the Churchill Cup because I'm already down two points. I need to pull out some kind of miracle with final battle. Uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome, bienvenue, coming to Yen. How is everyone? It's nearly Christmas. The big man is filling his sack and he's getting ready to come and visit us. And that's just me going around the local neighborhood. Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, it, it's... And Ring of Honor is not your strong point. However, however, this Ring of Honor, I think, the very last Ring of Honor show as we know it, the very last 2002 to 2021, I think this is going to be a little bit different. And it's going to make it even harder to predict. I don't think this is it. I know you've got to pull back, realistically, a three-point deficit, even though it's a two-point deficit. Um, I still think you can do it. Well, about ready to queue up, it's the final countdown, because I feel like... I'm on my way to the final countdown. <laughs> well, I have a feeling that, that that might get played tonight or the tomorrow morning our time. Um, I've got a gig. As we record, I've got a gig tonight and I'll be coming in at the perfect time to stay awake to watch. I'm. It will be a bittersweet show for sure. And I'm, I'm been particularly grumpy this week as I've gone on a diet and uh, genuinely gone on a diet. I've drawn a line under it. And obviously, two weeks to Christmas is not the best time. But I've decided I'm fed up with looking at my be self and I'm doing something about it so I am particularly grumpy and could do with not crying tonight uh, as we say farewell to um, what really has been one of the best wrestling companies that I can ever remember he's exactly David it's kind of hard living in the south watching Real Honor because I didn't get into Real Honor until very very late because the fact that they didn't have a TV deal down this way so I didn't start watching Real Honor until about 2010 and it was on again off again and i actually randomly ran into the two boys of Dalton Castle because there are two wrestlers here from Knoxville, the original two boys, placed an employment. And that got me back into Ring of Honor because I was like, well, I know two people now, so let me go back and watch Ring of Honor. Yeah, it's weird because I, I got into the company um, quite simply because they were touring it in the States, which was the Jody Fleisch Johnny Storm dynamic. At the time, around 2002, they were probably the two biggest stars, with possible exception of Doug. Williams and a guy called Alex Shane, two of the, the two of the biggest British stars. They'd just shown a resurgence program where I saw Jody Fleisch for the first time over here on UK television. And he did what was known as his wall crawler, where he actually just a Spider-Man loop up a wall. And then they went off to the States. Him and Johnny went off to the States and they were basically doing a generic match for all the UK all the American companies, because they did it for CCW best of the best of that year. But they also went to Ring of Honor in two thousand and two for a short period of time and they put on a couple of immense matches now I'm familiar with these matches and can almost call them myself on the fly but if you've not seen them before you can see why that it was like and then obviously with watching them stayed on discovered people like Xavier Christopher Daniels and then a year later I think Samoa Joe came into it but Loki was in Loki was um, in, in the mix early doors for the first Ring of Honor Championship that they actually put on Xavier uh, God rest his soul and I was hooked and I did all my I used to go to British shows just to get because it was long long before the days of Ring of Honor had a website and a shop so I used to go to British shows um, to get DVD it was almost like the old tape trading days when people that in my in my case I'd traded for Ring of Honor stuff from 2002 rather than New Japan well David let's go ahead and slide over to our studying six questions as we head towards final final battle 
It's time for the stunning six questions. All of the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, Sean and David can make sense of it. Okay, David, there's only one place to start this week. And, of course, it's going to have to be Jeff Hardy and his yeah. latest issues. My question to you, Big Dex, is given this has been a history of him having these issues, is it time for him to call it a career? Oh, wow. Good question. I was obviously expecting a Jeff Hardy question early up this week. I wasn't expecting that one. Um, No, I don't think. What perturbs me about this more than anything else, if, what we're, if, what we're, if what's being rep- reported is the truth, Sean, is the fact that yeah, he had a bad weekend, or performance-wise, he had a bad weekend, and broke a lot of golden rules on those house shows. I don't. I, if you don't know, basically, he was in a tag team. The, the, the initial crux of it was in the tag team match at house show. He was teamed with Xavier Woods and Drew against the Bloodline and Roman, and he was sent in to take the heat, but basically wasn't doing a particularly good job of it. Therefore, there was no hot tag to Drew McIntyre, and he bailed and he went into the audience and took selfies. And then when the match was finished, which the faces won, he didn't get back in the ring and celebrate. And apparently, there's a lot more backstage in this but that's the official that we know there's also some not great footage of it out there so obviously he can get sent home there's one or two statements vague statements one from his wife one from Matt saying yeah he's okay he's at home he'll speak when he wants words to that effect now then the next thing we know he's been released and the WWE quite pointedly and unusual for the WWE turn around and say we've offered him rehab he's refused he knew if he didn't take rehab that there would be consequences the consequences of them, particularly in the current climate when they're letting anyone go anyway, he's gone. Now, should that be the end of it? No, because if he can actually clean himself up and prove to be um, clean, he deserves, he's, he's a talent and he deserves he deserves to work. He deserves to work for a living at what he's good at. And he is still he is still a name. He is still value. I think he may have shot his bolt as to go into AEW, though. I think Matt's going to have to do a really, really good sell job on Tony Khan to get into AEW. But should, it, should this be the end of his career? No. But he needs to sort his life out. He really does. He's had so, so many warnings. It's ironic that this also comes off the debut of the Stone Cold interview, where they talk quite candidly about Victory Road about his problems about his issues and then all of a sudden this happens and it was interesting that whereas on some of the on most of the shows Austin will offer his guest a beer or even a shot and depending on who they are and that you know and he was drinking soft drinks but I don't know you know it's just ironic that the timing is go watch that interview because it's very very good and then see what he's done again um, but no in answer to your question I mean been long winded he shouldn't shouldn't be the end of his career but he's got now is is his age to sort himself out okay so this Side note to this question, I feel like the WWE sh- knew what they had on their hands, and why didn't they just do mm. like a Brock Lesnar deal where they only had him on Friday nights or Monday nights and not have him on a house loop? Like, that's more wear and tear on his body. It's probably the reason why he got into the situation he was, was the fact that he's still trying to do the same moves he's been doing since he was 16, and the wear and tear on his body has led up to this. Yeah, great point, mate. Great point. Yeah, that hadn't even registered the fact he was on house shows and does he need to be on house shows. Maybe he does because he's name value. Um, you know, he'll still put bums on seats. But yeah, um, uh, there's a bigger picture here. But obviously, with the fact that the WWE have offered to sort his rehab out, you know, they, they haven't done that for everyone. But obviously, he doesn't think there's a problem. Well, I'm going to move on from this question. We wish Jeff Hardy the best. Yeah. My second stunning question. Do we really need Cody Rhodes 
back in the TNT title picture. Allow me to do the survey from Rail Free PW Twitter account. And I have a whopping 64% agreeing with David the Smart Mark that Cody does not be need anywhere near this title. Do you know what? I watched Dynamite this week and, and as that music hit and he came out my heart sunk um and even though they're trying now to sell him as oh am i a heel am i a face i'm we're both good guys oh and then i nearly walk off down the heel exit but i don't i just stop myself and go off down the face it's rubbish it's absolute codswallop i hated it i don't want to see it. he shouldn't we have said on this show even you being an original fan he's turned someone who like couldn't do any wrong in your eyes and he started to turn you we've talked talked about this for years. He just needs to go away and be brought back as a special occasion because he would get what he wants and what he needs. No, and I'll tell you what, if he if he takes the title off Sammy, that could be me done with AEW. And I've been enjoying AEW this year. Um, But no, I, I really hope he doesn't go down that route. David, Sammy doesn't need to lose his title. The only reason this Cody match should happen is to continue to push of Sammy Guevara because he's going to be your cornerstones for the company for the next 15 to 20 years. So long after Cody's gone from professional wrestling, Sammy will be still there. And it just helps Sammy to have yet another victory over a big name star. Yeah, I, was, yeah. Um, I mean, for you to say that as well, you know, considering when we started this uh, podcast, however long ago, M- Mrs. Rhodes' baby boy could do no wrong in your eyes. And I don't mean that derogatory. I'm, I'm just saying, using it as an example about how the booking of him, how his ego and how him as a performer has turned even Arden Rhodes the only person other than Sammy at this moment in time that should be anywhere near that TNT title belt is Pac. I said it right from the start that belt is perfect for Pac and give Pac a shot and let him display how bloody good he is. But Sammy, yeah, you're absolutely right. Sammy should not be losing that in the immediate future. Okay, so my third standing question of the week is a this or that kind of question. Which tag team match was better? Was it Pretty Daily versus Mustache Mountain or was it the Loser Bros versus FTR? Which match did you enjoy more? Oh, the, the NXT UK one, 100%. Um, pretty Deadly and Mustache Mountain. It made my week, wrestling-wise, a great match. And because it was British-defined, you've got Tyler and Tyler and Trent, who are, you know, a British-style wrestler, and you've got Pretty Deadly, who are somewhere between the two styles, if you like. They've got some British influence, but they also want to be the young bucks sometimes. Or, or you know, you know what I mean. No, I, I mean, both were good. Both were well worth checking out, but no. Head and shoulders for me, Pretty Deadly. I've, I've forgotten about that, and you've reminded me. That's cheering me up a little bit. Thank you. You know, I was kind of surprised to see Pretty Deadly lose the titles. It actually got to a point where I went, wait a minute, they shouldn't lose the titles. They're too good. I was thinking they were going to have that mustache mountain breakup and I'm going like they can break up and go and do their own thing pretty deadly is on a pretty good roll here now for the Lucha Bros versus FTR I think that match was just a hair below the Mustache Mountain and pretty deadly match and there's some really good spots from FTR and um Loose bros like Ray Phoenix walking the rope and kicking Cash as he's going over to finish the match. And we're going like, this guy is incredible. It's just crazy what he can do. I think another reason that the um, the Deadly uh, Mountain match was better is we've seen an awful lot of Lucha Brothers FTR lately. Exactly. It's been like their third match inside of, what, three weeks? Yeah, possibly three. three. Certainly no more than five. Because um, even the commentators played it up. You know, the commentators played it up that, you know, and, and with all due 
respect, we both know the, the talent of all four teams that we're talking about. They all bring something good and different to the table. But no, I think I think what let FTR, not what let it down, because it wasn't a bad match at all by any stretch of the imagination, is worth checking out. But the way you worded your question, I think, you know, the difference being that I've seen FTR and Lucha Brothers. You know, I, I was looking, you know, I, I put an XT UK and I forgot it was, I, I almost forgot it was on. And then that came up that it, and I was like, oh, all righty. Um, I, you know, I know I'm in for some good stuff there and I, it didn't disappoint. Halfway through the Lucha Bros match, I was going like, I wish FTR could wrestle Mustache Mountain because I would wanted to see how that match oh, would go. Yeah, that is a bit of a dream match, I've got to be honest. Okay, so let's move over to our next stunning question, number four of the week. Okay, going back to the question I just asked you, how surprised were you that Pretty Daily actually lost the titles? Um... Yeah, I suppose a little bit. I wasn't expecting it, if I'm honest. Um, I'm not unduly, I'm not unduly perturbed by it as much as you. And it is that time of year when you know you do get title changes. You do get title changes, and you know things happen in the world of wrestling because it's a quiet time. So the odd title change just keeps people's peaks people's interest. So I'm not surprised. I just don't know where they go from here, but it's not WWE. It's NXT UK. So I got a little can... faith that it's going to be something I'm going to enjoy. Well, hopefully it's the main NXT roster because, by Christ, could that do with some talent? David, I don't want Mustache Mountain 3,000 miles near NXT 2.0. <laughs> no, but it's the ne- You think about it, Sean, right? In theory, it's the next natural step up for both those tag teams. I mean, yes, I agree. I feel like Pretty Deadly would do better in a new NXT 2.0 yes. environment because yep. yep. they, yeah, they, they literally look like what they want NXT 2.0 should be. Yeah, 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 I agree, agree. But... Also, where does NXT 2.0 get its experience? Let's face it, look what it's just lost this week. It needs some experience. Whilst, you know, you can see what they're trying to do. They're failing, and they're doing it badly. But you can see what they're trying to do. I'm trying to be balanced here. And But where they've got to get some experience in there somewhere, Sean. And they've just lost Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly. So, you know, you know whether we liked Kyle at KOR or whether we liked Gargano or not, they're experienced. I don't know what to say, really, but yeah, um, Mustache Martin wouldn't be a bad tag team fit over there for, from the experience perspective. Exactly. I mean, we already see Imperium over here. We can have Mustache Mountain. They'll give them four capable wrestlers to lead people through matches. And yes, bring over that Austrian guy too, whoever his name is. He can come over too. <laughs> as long as they job him out. <laughs> <laughs> it's been interesting to see the change in Imperium actually since they've gone from what but yeah I know I know what you're saying yeah we, we don't like that man I'm still going to nail him for you mate don't worry <laughs> okay so the backstory to setting question number 5 is Bambito is out of final battle yeah. due to health reasons so enter <laughs> Jay Lethal we're going to get Jay Lethal versus <laughs> Grissom as the main event of this card tonight I think it's better I think it's better it is better but who's going to win Grissom without a doubt it's not going to get Lethal's not going to win, is he? Because Lethal wasn't originally in Final Battle. It's another Tony Khan favour. I'm sure we're going to go and discuss it later on. We're going to get lots of surprises. You know, Jay Lethal, yeah, fair play to Tony Khan and Jay Lethal and, you know, all of it. I, I, I think it's a great main event. It's a great, it will be a great style. It will be a great Ring of Honor match to close Ring of Honor because uh, it will be a Ring of Honor match because both their styles are what it is. But obviously, Jay Lethal shouldn't. I mean, the way he got treated in the Battle Royal on Wednesday night shows what they think of him, you know, which was ridiculous. But hey. Well, David, I think that, you know what? I agree with you. Jerusalem is going to win this, so he can have the title 
title going to the new era Ring of Honor. Jay Lethal is coming in to help out a company that he basically had been with for 10 plus years. So we have benefited from this. We wish Bambito a speedy recovery. And we'll know we'll see Bambito in AEW somewhere else down the road. And he'll be wrestling yet again. But I'm with you. Grissom's going to win tonight. He's going to be the Ring of Honor world champion. And that's going to give you a point. Well, yeah, I mean, it's weird, Sean, to be fair, because it's this, as you keep amusingly calling it, final, final battle. It's quite sad. It really, really is quite sad. And I I, I should be watching it with hugely mixed emotions. I've no doubt the show will be good. I've no doubt that I think we're going to get one or two really good surprises along the lines of the final countdown. And, um, you know, the second uh, second city saying, I think we'll be back. I think I genuinely do now with what I've read with Tony Khan's statement during the week. Um, And I think there'll be one or two other surprises as well. I'm not quite sure what, but I'm just going to go in. Uh, Suspension, uh, disbelief of suspension, you know, spend disbelief as we're supposed to do with wrestling fans and try and enjoy it and, and, you know, pay respects almost to a company that's given me a lot of pleasure. Standing question number six of the week, Fade Dads, what is your Favorite moment of Rainer Honor in the past 20 years? Without a doubt, it's a card. Um, Glory by Honor 8 easily took, took place in the Manhattan Center, New York, um, 2009. Have a listen to this card, right? I've got the special edition DVD of it. I won't keep too long. Opens with Colt Cabana against Rhett Tyus. Then there's Dark Match. The opening main card match is Claudio Castagnoli Cesaro versus Kenny Omega. That opens the show. Then you've got Roderick Strong against Delirious Grizzly Webwood and Sanjay Dutt. The American Wolves versus Generico and Steen in a ladder war for the ROH title match. Chris Hero versus Eddie Kingston. Austin Aries, who's at that time the World Ring, the Ring of Honor World Champion, against Petey Williams. The co-main event, or the undercard match, are the Bucks versus the Briscoes. The Bucks versus the Briscoes. That was, and then... Danielson, Nigel McGuinness in their their farewell match to Ring of Honor, where they're both ex-world champions, and it's quite an emotion. It, it, it's head and shoulders one of the best wrestling cards I've ever seen, featuring the stand-up, beat-up Chris Hero, Eddie Kingston. The only thing that was missing for me was Samoa Joe, but it also had Cornette come back as the, um, as the authority figure as well in it, uh, which was a surprise. Um, it's a great card, and it's one that I've got... And I had to get it imported to get it on DVD. It's one I, one I watch regularly. You know, I, I love it. I just love it. That's the sort of night that they used to give us. Okay, so my favorite moment from Ring of Honor might be just a little bit different than yours. Go back to 2010, and I'm looking on YouTube, and I see the Prodigy Service announcements, and it's Maria Canellis Bennett making her debut for Ring of Honor because Mike Bennett is bringing her in. And fast forward, like, 12 months to the first final battle for... Maria Canellis Bennett, the actual heat she got in that building is my favorite yeah. moment because she was literally the most hated female on the planet. Mate, when they did it, they did it well. And and you think that, unfortunately, recently, the crowds had dropped off. The audiences had. For, I think from when AEW was formed, they had the Super Carnival show in Madison Square Garden with, jointly with New Japan at the time and ironically jointly with what we now know as AEW. And, and obviously that was a big blow because they lost Cody, they lost Kenny, they lost the Bucks. They Marty Skull surprisingly stayed with them. I bet he wishes he'd gone now. But yeah, they lost a bit. They lost a lot of talent and stars, and it did set them back. But hey, they've given me a lot of pleasure, and that Glory by Honor Eight is a show absolutely worth checking out. Okay, so we are going to slide over to the Dead of the Week. 
It's time for Dud's Dud of the Week. What has set him off this week? My Dud of the Week, he gets it again. Cody putting himself where he's not wanted by anyone. And we're not talking about heat. We're not talking about cheap heat. We're talking about go-away heat. It was awful. And I cringed. Was that music hit? I was like, oh, no. No, surely not. And it was one of those when you really, you know, do you actually, are they just going to push it and push it and push it? And I don't want to see him. I just don't want to see him on my telly. Do you know what? We've got the Winstons coming up, right? And I've got a real moral dilemma because you, obviously, we've got our worst male wrestler of the year. Now, he obviously doesn't qualify wrestling ability-wise to be the worst of anything, but I'm very tempted just to do it. But I don't know yet. I'm having this moral dilemma, Sean. I'm sure I'll sort it out by the time the Winstons come round and I've got to make my announcement. But no, I, I, I was uncomfortable listening to it and not in not in an office-type manner, not in a way that you're supposed to feel uncomfortable. I was in an uncomfortable because it's like the man has no pride he has no dignity to realize what how he's seen okay so i made a statement on a facebook group for a different podcast i said 95 percent of the time i'm a cody rose fan but there's five percent of the time where i go oh cody so this would be that five percent of the time when i go oh cody what are you doing because he doesn't need to be near the TNT title. That is the title for the up-and-coming stars as they elevate up for the company. Cody, you're past that. You should be a special event like we've been saying this whole episode. So, he needs to figure out a way to get a chance to wrestle for the AEW world title and go like, let me take that simulation, toss it to the side, and let's get Cody one world title match and let him lose to Adam Hangman Page. Now, it's funny you should say that. It's funny you should say that because Cornette this week on, I think it was the drive-through, discussed what was next for Cody coming off this. This is coming off. This is not having seen the, the injection into the TNT um, deal, but coming off the, the the flaming table bump. And he said that yeah, there could be a way of getting losing the stipulation, so he could go up. I'd actually have less of a problem with that because you go back to when the company started. Him and Jericho were the two big names. Yeah, you also had Pack underneath and the books to a lesser extent but him and Jericho were the two well known you think back to the original lineup because you were being force fed Janela and people like that all the time you know what I mean the indie darlings until they actually developed some of their own stars and got some big stars so I wouldn't have a, as long as they get around the stipulation logically which I'm sure it's wrestling so they can do that I've got no problem with him going for the main title and yeah and I hopefully Hangman Page like Larry and him out of his boots but I think next year they're going to build and it has to come when Paige drops the title whenever that is which he will I think they're going to build towards Danielson Punk for um, the title for next year at some point later on in 2022 exactly my only fear about that is are they going to try to do it too soon because they have revolution in March and I want to yeah. see Heyman and Paige have a decent run with this title belt if they make him lose this title on whatever is coming you just wait to next week's episode of Radio Free for Fresh Wrestling because I will be ready and raving like a lunatic. No, I, I, I think you'll be all right, mate. I don't think they're going to do that. I think there's going to be a lot of shenanigans in that match. I think that, that the Punk Danielson match can easily wait till full gear all out next year to give him to give him a good six, nine months of 
Rangers champion because he deserves it. He deserves a go with the belt. But I think inevitably Punk Danielson is coming. I'd like to see MJF have a short run with it, to be honest, particularly with what's been going on this week. Um, I loved, loved, loved Dynamite this week with the role reversal of Punk and MJF. thought it was very cleverly done and easily done, which made it even better. Funny you're talking about that. Let's slide over to the five top moments of the week. It's RFPW's Top 5 Moments of the Week. So, Big Dogs, do you want to go first? Do you want to go second? You go first, my friend. I've talked enough so far. Okay, so my top five moments of the week, coming down from five to one. Number five came to the SmackDown, Brock Lesnar's opening segment. I'm enjoying this crazy, funny, I'm going to kill somebody, Brock Lesnar. But he's like this face that knows he's a heel, and he's just acting up like, oh, I'm your buddy, buddy, until he snaps. Yeah, it's like a good Cody Rhodes, but in reverse. No, Brock is much better than Cody. Yeah, okay, well, you know what? Okay, number four moment of the week is Johnny Gungaro. You're probably cheering right now as he's leaving NXT. I'm not because NXT actually needs him. I thought the speech was really, really nice. And I like the fact they yeah. got Waller. I knew he was going to put somebody over as he's going out, just like Kyle Riley did. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, hats off to both of them. My number three moment of the week is the Lucha Bros versus FTR. That match is one you need to go back and watch it if you haven't seen it yet. Very well done. My number two moment is the moment that you were talking about. It's the... Opening to AEW Dynamite, you hear MJF's music, everybody's cheering. Wait a minute, that's not MJF, that's CM Punk, and he's getting booed out of the building. Then he owns Long Island and the Islanders. Yeah. And my number one moment of the week is Mustache Mountain versus Pretty Daily because it's a freaking epic match. And if you listen to this podcast for any amount of time, I've always been a Mustache Mountain fan, but they finally got me to where I'm like, why in the world did Pretty Daily lose a title? They need the titles. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I can't argue with any of that. Mine, mine are in no particular order this week, apart from I am going to leave my favorite. I like, I like Danielson Silver. I thought that did the job. Silver got just enough offense in, and Danielson looks amazing million dollars in the wrestling ring when allowed to be either being allowed to do what he wants and can do and it's just when it's not forced and planned and plotted down to the micro move like the WWE, it looks so much better. FTR Lucha Brothers would be in around four. What else have we got? My number one was without a doubt um, Punk, Punk and MJF. I absolutely love that at the moment. I love that build. Then you've got Pretty Deadly and uh, FTR up there. Gargano, yeah, I actually thought, I actually thought, again, he showed a little bit of personality. I wouldn't wouldn't put it in my top five, but it's an honourable mention. But the continuation for me uh, that's a plus point in wrestling is the push of Kaylee Ray. Um, I not necessarily the amount of stuff she's getting pushed slowly, and as much as the WWE are going to push it, I think she should go straight to the main roster. I really do. David, funny you mentioned that because I was watching NXT 2.0, and I got a feeling that the next person for Manny Rose is going to be Cora J. Please help us. But then I was thinking, okay, they get Raquel Gonzalez. That'll be okay with Manny Rose. And the one person I want to see wrestle Manny Rose and basically kick her face in is KLR, and I'm not sure we're going to get it. No, I'm not sure you're going to get it because the um, the WWE couldn't book a library. But, I, 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 you know, I don't know. But I still, I'm enjoying with someone, you know, who's known and met her on numerous occasions and, you know, even been sworn out by her in the middle of a performance. I, lo- I love the woman and just seeing her on a big, a big, a big show. She, she absolutely and utterly 
thoroughly, thoroughly deserves it, and it's brilliant to see. Okay, sliding back to your MJF moment, the one thing I enjoyed about MJF was the whole fact that he was acting like a baby face during the Battle Royal, and he walks away. He wasn't, he, he wasn't. And he was kind of convicted. Then he turns around, runs down there, yeah. and beats the head out of Dante Martin. I was enjoying it, because I thought, hey, he was having an excellent night in his hometown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was so cleverly done. Going out from, as you said, when Punk came out, Punk destroys Long Island, destroys the Islanders. It was really funny. Very cleverly done. You, you almost It was almost promo 101, but with two guys that can do it so it doesn't matter. And, and MJF occasionally getting the crowd to rally when he was... What I liked about it, what was clever about it, was MJF was playing the face when being a heel because he was like getting the crowd to cheer him when he was being a cowardly chicken shit behind Wardlow in the corner and it was just so it was it was when you think about it it was simple stuff but it was so cleverly done and it worked it worked for that audience on that night and obviously the result right well you know they intertwined the team task conflict well which was hugely entertaining it made the match you know it was all just good stuff I actually don't want this feud to end I don't want them to fight I don't want this feud to end because I'm enjoying it so, so much. Well, David, you know all good things must come to and kind of like this episode of Ray Free Professional Wrestling. Oh! Before we go, guys, please go over to our Facebook group, Radio Free Pro Wrestling. You will see the list of awards that we're going to do for the Winstons. Go ahead, make some comments, give us some suggestions. I got some open spots. I haven't looked at all the categories yet. I probably will look at it this week and see who's going to make the naughty and nice list for this year's Winstons. And also, if you don't mind, give us some suggestions for our Hall of Fame because our Hall of Fame episode will be coming up January the 2nd. And of course, coming this Tuesday on Finland Youth Radio, the Rock and Wrestling Show. Fidesz will carry all the news. He'll review the final, final battle, and a certain patron saint of stunning will come back with a very special of the stunning segment. The stunning segment is back, well, yeah, Tuesday, 5pm uh, on the Rock and Roll Wrestling Show on Finland Youth Radio. Find the app on any Android or iOS provider. The fastest hour on local radio with some great themes. I've been expanding the themes recently, including adding people like Bret Hart and a couple of others that, that have cheered me up immensely. It's, uh, it's it's a lot of fun and it is made better, I have to say, by the stunning segment. And he's back next week. So um, it, you, you'd be foolish not to miss it. Um, just to let you know on that note that there will be a show this coming Tuesday be one on the 21st there will be no live show on the 28th and then we will return as normal to review day one on the 4th of january oh 4th of january that's gonna be a very very busy day for us because yes new japan wrestle kingdom starts that night yep and wrestle kingdom not only is it one of the best shows of the year traditionally it's one of the most civilized shows of the year because i get to get up and watch it rather than stay up and watch it good old new japan fine you can have one pay-per-view a year where you can have a reasonable time to get up <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> on behalf of david the smart mark this is your patron saint is stunning and probably not the churchill cup champion bidding you adieu stay stunning this is sergeant arms of christina on behalf of the guys Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.